0: Welcome to Pharmacy View, Technology and Pharmacy Business Podcast Series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking today with Pasquale Di Maria, pharmacist and owner of Beeswax Business Solutions. Welcome, Pasquale. Thanks, Scott. Now, it was interesting. I, I obviously uh, saw one of your advertisements or business advertisements in one of the digital magazines and, and contacted you. And I was keen to certainly have a chat with someone that operated in the pharmacy uh, accounting or bookkeeping arena. But it turns out that you're a pharmacist as well. So for, the, for a bit like myself, I've done a little bit of research on you. But for anyone that doesn't know who Pasquale is, uh, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks, Scott. So what you say is correct. I am I am a pharmacist. I uh... I qualified as a pharmacist back in 2001 and sort of worked around the traps there for a little while, managed some pharmacies, and then eventually went out and started doing some home medication reviews for myself for a little while, back in 2007, 2008. But then uh, my wife and I got, got pregnant, so we decided that we needed something that was a little bit more dependable, and that was when I bought my pharmacy in preston in in melbourne so that was 2008 did that for a good four or five years and then in the process of relocating to a small shopping center that was being built in 2014 i had a heart attack and and died so that was the impetus for me to to want to change careers
0: wow okay i'm glad i'm glad you're with us today
1: yeah No, yeah, te- technically dead for 13 minutes. So all thanks to my wife keeping me alive with CPR. Okay. So once once I was okay to go back to work, the business was going to need quite a bit of uh, of me time. So having to spend a lot of time, you know, on site eight to eight shifts and all that sort of stuff, I'm sure all the pharmacists understand. And I just, I didn't want to do it. I just, my I wanted to spend as much time with my kids. I wanted to be there to pick them up. You know, so my priorities definitely changed. And so it took about 12 months and I sold the business. Quickly worked out after about 12 months or so being at home and my wife being at work, that being at work was actually easier than being at home looking after the kids. Okay. <laughs> so that was when uh, after having a conversation with my accountant, he was really keen for me to start doing bookkeeping because he was just so impressed with the way that I was doing it. When I was on my own in the pharmacy and, you know, the systems that I'd set up there, there he impressed on me that there's no reason why we couldn't make a business out of it. So that was how these wax business solutions started.
0: Came about. And are you still dispensing today or
1: I do. I do. I, I, I help out friends here and there and and take up the occasional shift for the for the local pharmacists near where I live here in Heidelberg. But yeah, definitely not not as often as I as I used to,
0: that's for sure. Uh, and and if my research is correct, you've you've mapped, dispensed or managed or owned pharmacies Footscray, Carlton, Richmond, Coburg, Preston, and now I can add working in Heidelberg to the list. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, so I've got them all. which is great. So uh, and and look, I, I guess it was quite interesting in terms of there's certainly quite a few accounting and bookkeeping firms spread across the the Australian pharmacy industry. But it was I was keen to have a chat with you because obviously you've got the pharmacy background and and therefore bring some credibility in terms of the business perspective to it. And, and we've covered then you know why the transition, so that all made sense. And, and as I said, I'm really pleased that you are here to talk with us today. And I'm not sure if you've picked up, but one of my other businesses, I do a lot of work with Guy Leach and Heart 180 Defibrillators, uh, which the pharmacy industry is pretty aware of. So uh, I'm very aware of what you've been through there. And I think that's a miraculous would be the right term there. So that's great to kind of have that chat and be able to chat with you today. So in terms of technology, bookkeeping, accounting pharmacies, So so what platforms are you currently involved with?
1: So we use myob and and zero fairly heavily we're probably skewed about 60 40 towards myob yeah only because we find myob at the scale that we're using it we've got over 90 pharmacies on our books now at the scale that we're using it we find Myob to be faster in processing the transactions although really it just depends on the client some clients and their accounts prefer zero they prefer the reporting that zero offers so we're pretty adaptable to what what everyone wants
0: so and again obviously not necessarily looking to focus on one or the other but if I talk about the pharmacy interactions is there good bad or interesting stories in terms of the way it helps pharmacists
1: in terms of the the software or yeah, yeah, yeah. again, again not let's, really let's not. work
0: on the basis that they're both good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But, but you know, how how are they helping pharmacists in terms of the day to day managing and financial management of their businesses?
1: To be honest, Scott, I don't think it makes a big difference on the on the pharmacist end if they've got a bookkeeper doing the work for them. I I liken it to a patient coming in and asking for their prescription to be dispensed using Fred. Rather than Minfos, like at the end of the day, the end result is the same. It's really up to the person who's processing it what their preference is. The benefit of zero traditionally has been that the the client can log into the account from anywhere through a browser. But MyOp has recently introduced the exact same functionality on their end as well. So. Pricing tends to be the other one, so pricing zero tends to be a little bit cheaper. But once you start adding payroll functionality into zero, it does add up fairly quickly. So really, I don't see much of a big difference on the back end. On the front end, it's more so the uh, the back end where you know you can see a little bit of the uh, I guess the the efficiencies that that some might have over the other.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's good too in terms of the fact that you, as I said, we'll, we'll work on the basis that they have both got a level playing field. We're not going to preface one over the other. Just more in terms of the the, the immediacy. The ease of transactions, the transparency is making business life easier. And and I'm just—I was keen to kind of read off your webpage today. You know, the bills are paid, the staff are paid, the bank statement is reconciled, the BAS is done, superannuation is up to date, and all records are stored securely online for easy access at a moment's notice. And and again, depending on how long you've been in business, that's a huge transition from even say 10 years ago. But today, I guess what pharmacists would need to be aware of is that you'd need to have a bookkeeper that you trust that's got a good reputation and ultimately uses the platform that links to their accountant would be the statement wouldn't it
1: that's right that's right the accountant's is usually the one that drives it so at the end of the day we're trying to keep the accountants happy that's that's really our job so that they can do their their work and focus on their advisory role more so than the, the grunt work that bookkeeping is so being able to adapt to them and I think pharmacists will generally adapt to whatever their accountant wants as well
0: and ultimately as I've seen in technology over the years, is that you know, bookkeeping has always been a service, but it's becoming more prevalent these days because of the technology and the bookkeepers need to be this, have a level of experience or expertise in the technology platform. But ultimately, it's whilst it's an additional cost, it's it's reducing the cost of your accountancy to a point because your accountants used to do a lot of this work for you anyway.
1: That's exactly right. And part, part of the reason for form, forming Beeswax, Scott, was that it just became apparent during my time that there was a lot of overcharging going on with ba- very basic functions that could be automated. Yes. So I don't believe that you should be paying accountant, fee, accountant rates for, for bookkeeping that, that can be done at a, at a much lower rate. And, and that was part of the, the reason for setting it up. And, you know, we, we we're a big believer in fixed-based fixed pricing. So... We, we don't get rewarded for being inefficient. It's up to us to to make sure that we're being as efficient as possible. And, and that's why we, we utilise as many automations and, and technologies that we can.
0: So if on that note, we've looked at just one function with the pharmacy, and that might be um, goods receivable, and, and there'll be wholesaler invoices and there'll be direct suppliers. Have you got links these days between the dispense point of sale receipt systems? And, and the, the bookkeeping accounting package?
1: Not yet. So there is still a little bit of manual linking that needs to be done, and that's part of you know, our process that we've set up to, to be able to get that information from the pharmacies as seamlessly as possible. So just basic stuff around automated email forwards and those sorts of things. We utilise programs like Receipt Bank that you know, automatically read the, the invoices and enter that data into the accounting software okay. automatically. The idea is still is fantastic. It still does need that human touch of someone eyeballing that what's actually being picked up is correct. We find that you know the success rate is probably about ninety five percent, but sure. I believe it, it will get better. You know over the course of the five of the next five years or so. You know how who knows how how well how much it will change. But it, it's it's all about us trying to link. All these disjointed processes, bring them all together to make it as easy as possible to fit into the dispensary workflow and get that information across. So, you know, setting up document scanners that scan automatically to the cloud, you know, those automated email forwards, they're they're the sorts of things that we're trying to utilise to get that info.
0: Yeah. And and Pasquale, look, well, I'll obviously include links to you and your business in um the the notes for this podcast. But so you mentioned the scanning program before and I just missed it. The, the one that, that the invoice?
1: Receipt bank,
0: was that the one? That's the one. All right. So I'll um I'll get a link for that one. And and I guess I just wanted to kind of know from my perspective, and again, I I've um probably offered I'm still operating within the pharmacy arena, but but maybe less so at, at a pharmacy based level these days. So if I was talking about operating an efficiency within a pharmacy at the moment, so the person receiving the goods or the person receiving the email would then transfer that information through to you, or do they do something in the pharmacy?
1: Ideally, it would be automated, so they wouldn't have to worry about sending it across. It would just come across automatically. But if, the, if it was a, a once-off invoice, then yes, they'd receive the goods, they'd enter them into their point-of-sale system, and then that invoice would be either emailed or scanned across to us so that we could... File it and get it entered into the accounting software so that we could account for it and account for the GST component and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, got it. So, so then, would wholesalers
0: invoices? Because I would imagine they're pretty up to date these days, and I know most of them are electronic, so so they're easily transferable. Absolutely. So, so that coming into the pharmacy, do you get them direct, or do most pharmacies then forward them onto you?
1: Some of the wholesalers struggle to get a second email address. For for the invoices. So we find it easier to actually just tap into the pharmacy's email client and just organize an automatic forward so that every time an email comes from that particular supplier, the the email sits with them, but we also get a copy flicked over to us as well.
0: So, so from that perspective, that makes sense. So from that perspective, you would then just be waiting for confirmation of any stock discrepancies before it was, was um, lodged effectively.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Um, in, in which case, you'd, they'd have to raise a credit note anyway, I would imagine. So That's right.
1: And we're picking all those up. You know, When we do our invoice and statement reconciliations at the end of each month, again, you, know, you still need to eyeball what's come in and what hasn't. We're not located in store, so the stores will generally have a look and see, right, are we waiting on a big credit or whatever it might be? And then they can we can change the the payment accordingly.
0: That's great. So I would imagine then that that leads nicely into uh, I guess to a point data capture. And, and again, on on the basis that there's client confidentiality and privacy involved, that you'd you then come up almost have access to a series of KPIs amongst pharmacies that would, would help either the the client or, or the accountant. How, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we we do collect you know, there's a lot of data that we, we are collecting, you know, obviously the financial performance of all these businesses, but also customer numbers and script numbers and those sorts of things. So I think part of what I try to offer my clients and actually just with the videos that I've been doing lately is more so to give them a little bit of an insight in what's happening in pharmacy across the country. I think pharmacy, from my experience, can be quite isolating, especially if you're an independent pharmacist you're operating your own store, you, you can be stuck inside those four walls most of the time. Yes. So just being able to collect the data around, right, you know, for instance, medical centre pharmacies, you know, through the through the COVID pandemic, you know, they went through a phase where they were really, really busy at the start, but then it completely dropped off as, as doctors went to, to telehealth. Telehealth, yeah. Just knowing that it wasn't just your medical centre pharmacy that was feeling that pain, I think served as a little bit of a, you know, comfort to a to a lot of other owners that thought, uh, you know, we're not alone. We're we're actually seeing exactly the same things. Same
0: thing, yeah. And and look, certainly my interaction around that time as well was that there was this big drop off, but particularly there was a drop off of what I'll call non life threatening doctors' visits. So. Um, not that anyone ever wants to visit the doctor, but you know, obviously if there's chronic illness, pain management, et cetera, then it's it's kind of the the telehealth works and you're getting the, the potential of the scripts and the repeat scripts anyway. But what we certainly became aware of in our discussions was that you were, you were missing the incidental so obviously flu was way down so you weren't getting a lot of flu visitations and which would then lead to other um, dispensing as well. so uh, so that that all sounds or ties in nicely with the areas that we've been working in as well from that perspective. So any other areas around the, the Kpis then that, that your platforms and again does this report back to the pharmacist like do they have access to this information in terms of a benchmarking report or an exceptions report?
1: Yeah, so we, we like to send, we call it the Beeswax Business Insight Report. So we send that out just as part of our service to each client every month once once the BAS has been launched. So it takes into consideration, you know, your standard KPIs that pharmacies look at, you know, your wages compared to your GP, wages to total income, you know, your full-time equivalents, sales per full-time equivalent. We're picking up things like uh, sales per open trading hour, what else have we got there? We've got you know average dollar per script, average GP dollar per script. You know, really trying to to delve in and pick up on you know the the standard ones, but also some of the idiosyncratic ones that that guys want us to pick up. I mean, as long as we're able to collect the data on whatever they want us to measure, we can we can report back on it and automate that uh, that monthly reporting so that they're seeing it each month.
0: Much. And, and I would imagine, given your your background and business knowledge. Like if, if you saw someone's reports were a bit out of skew with the with the norm, yeah, you know, that that would then allow for you know, almost a, a separate email or a phone call or a text message that says, "Hey, here's something you might need to look at," or "Do you want to chat further on this?"
1: Absolutely, that's and I think that's the benefit of having a pharmacist doing doing the books. You you actually know what makes sense and what doesn't. You know, you know that in June and July you tend to get a little bit busier with cold and flu season. You know that December's always going to be a massive month. January's always going to be a, a big drop off. So having that little bit of insight as to what a a normal sort of pharmacy turnover should look like and the ups and downs of it does help to, I guess, you know, confirm the numbers that are coming in and if something is out of whack, you can bring it to the guy's attention pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty quickly.
0: So has the pharmacy's transitions to scripts had any impact?
1: Not so much for us. It's just been anecdotal stuff that we've been hearing, just the frustration of having to manage it. And having to come up with new systems that are going to fit in with the workflow in terms of the bookkeeping and the uh, the accounting side of things, it's it's been a very minimal impact on on what we've seen as well. And again, it's just really the flow from the
0: eScripts into the claim, in, into the, uh, the the banking of the money, etc. So, okay. From within the industry itself, is there anything new or different that's happening around the place that uh, people could be aware of?
1: Not so much. I mean, I'm I'm a big advocate for really delving into you know each individual pharmacy site, and and trying to get them to get the most out of out of what they're doing and and what they what technology they're using. I guess Scott. So you know I'm a big one. You know I see a lot of pharmacies. I, every time I go into a new pharmacy and set them up, so I see a lot of crappy old computers there, and I, I'm always astounded at some of them at how some of them are still going, but. You know, simple things like just adding a second monitor to your dispense terminal, you know, the efficiency yeah. that you get from that is is huge and you don't really appreciate it until you do it. And for the sake of three or four hundred dollars, I just think it's a it's a must for, for all of them. Yeah.
0: And I guess on that kinda that kinda of, kind of was a nice I guess to a point where I was leading with this is that how much interaction do you get face to face initially? And and there's almost another business model there for you outside of the bookkeeping service, because A, you've got the pharmacy background and knowledge. Now you've got the, the financial analysis and the efficiency. So so there's other things that you'll see when you visit, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important. I mean, I, I started the business saying that I, I'd travel to any pharmacy that comes on board in Australia. And I've, I've kept true to that word, you know, COVID with notwithstanding over the last 12 months or so, but the just the benefit that you get from actually walking into a pharmacy, seeing where their professional services area is, where's their immunisation room, what are they actually selling, what's their product mix, it just makes all the difference when it comes time to to doing their bookkeeping and it, it just little things that you can notice that are easy things like, you know, as I said, the, the second dispense monitor or, you know, mm-hmm. setting a scanner up in a particular spot so that staff can see it easier and they remember to do it. Just, yeah, that's the stuff that I'm really passionate about. Grab those small efficiencies that you can get, but added up over time. They actually save a lot of time and a lot of money.
0: A lot of money. So um, in terms of client locations, how, how far spread across Australia are you?
1: Yeah, we're the full width and breadth almost. So we go, we stretch all the way up to Cairns, down to Hobart, over to Perth, Western Australia the kimberley region outback queensland and everywhere in between so it's it's been pretty a est- the only place i'm not in at the moment is northern territory so i'm hoping to change that soon but yeah it's a, it's quite amazing the just visiting all these different pharmacies and seeing talking to pharmacists from such different walks of life but yes. you know also getting that understanding that we are all the same but we're also different it's been part of the job that I've I've really really enjoyed over the last three or four years. And look,
0: certainly from my perspective, I'm I'm aware that yeah, you can you can give a business owner some guidance and advice, but but when it's coming from a peer like yourself with with a, with pharmacy background, pharmacist uh, qualifications, that'll often be seen or, or taken with a with a lot more credibility. Not saying that other people can't do it, but but it will always be peer value, uh, and and I think that would be great value from that perspective. So. I guess once you've visited them, and, and again, we come back to the use of technology, you're then able to use video links and whatnot to have, to have chats with these ones in far locations?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so we use we use Screen Connect software pretty pretty heavily. We're, we're constantly engaging with the guys. You know, it does take a month or two to really f- fall into line with our, our process and practice what we what we preach. So we've got practice managers that that look after you know that really coach the guys through it. You know, make sure they're using the scanner properly. Make sure they're setting up those email forwards. Make sure yes. the, the payroll software is working the way they want it to be. You know, the staff are clocking on and clocking off. So making use of as much of it as we can, and we we really take on that coach type of a role through those first three or four months, and then hopefully they they settle into a rhythm, and and then we just keep doing what we do.
0: Yeah, and and certainly, look, I've discovered over time is that. There's always that challenge of getting people to change, but once they see the ease and the value, particularly with technology platforms these days, it, it almost becomes hard to get them out of the new process, isn't it? Like if you want to do a modification or something like that, it's it's actually got to, you've got to think about that. Well, hang on, you've just got me using this one and I'm actually quite comfortable now and now you want me to change or, or do something differently.
1: Yeah, and, and we're really, really cognizant of that. We do see this role as really, it's a change management role, especially with guys that have had a particular process in place for such a long time. So yeah, so we're we're very much on board with uh, just holding everyone's hand, trying to 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 get them through that initial phase. Because you're right, once they are in the zone, it's you you struggle to get them out of that zone. So it's just, it's just getting them there. That's that's the tricky part
0: part. Yeah. So through that, and again, I'm just making some notes of some of the, the platforms that you've been using. So we've spoken about Myob, we've spoken about Xero, we spoke about Receipt Bank. I think you just mentioned Screen Connect as your, obviously, video conference platform. Yep. Yep. We use Screen Connect. Is there any others that uh, that are in, in terms of technology platforms that you use
1: with your clients? Oh, look, we, we're heavy users of a program called Zapier. So yes, yes, is, yep. yeah, you've heard of that one? I have. So that one... Links does a lot of the back-end linking for us so you know even products like Trello and things like that that are out there for, for pharmacists to manage their I guess their workflows and you know checklists and things like that they can be linked in with emails with Zapier and there's a whole range of different things that you can you can do with it so I'd definitely the guys that are more technologically inclined I, I would be getting them to have a look at Zapier and, and Seeing how that could fit and automate some of the the manual processes that they're doing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. I just double check, but I'm pretty sure Zapier came up. We did an episode about a month or so ago with a pharmacist in Tasmania, Richard Lennon, at um, Davy Street in Hobart, and I'm pretty sure he mentioned that his his uh, podcast was. He, he called it Auto Magic. So he he really heavy into platforms that can actually just make things happen. Because yeah, the other one he mentioned was that if this then that was yeah, if this then oh, that. Oh, yeah, if double T. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, is a similar one. So that, so that's great. So obviously, coming to the end of our time, Pasquale, is there any other areas that we can we need to chat about, or can chat about?
1: No, no, I think that covers off most of the stuff that I'm seeing, Scott. You know, as I said, it's uh, it's all about guys. I think pharmacists generally early adapters to to a lot of technology, but there's yes. some technology that that just sits there and doesn't change for a long time. Yes. So it's really just about having that mindset of. You know, and I think January and February is usually a good part time of the year to do it when it is a little bit quieter. Just to say, right? How can we improve our process? You know, can we go through a little bit of pain for a few weeks, but yes. really gain those efficiencies in the in the subsequent times so that uh, you know you can you can look at your reducing your staffing, or you can look at uh, you know getting more time for yourself, so you don't have to do as much administration work. That's really at the end of the day, we we work to. To live rather than live to work, and I think that's that's what we that's what we try and preach. Yeah, and
0: and look, certainly, again, the the fewer podcast episodes I've been doing recently through COVID, and, and in in the recent months, the the advent of new technology platforms, all designed to help, um, are almost becoming a challenge in themselves as to which one's right and which one's wrong. But that's where again, yeah, you know, the the peer guidance and the peer advocacy, I think, certainly is is a big value there.
1: And we also, I mean, I see part of what we do as well, Scott. Is you know, pharmacists are very time poor generally, and really, what we try and do is we try and just do it for the guys. You know, we yes. know what needs to be done. We know all the programs. We've, I mean, I've spent you know the last four or five years researching it and refining the the whole process down to within an inch of its life. At the end of the day, you can by using us or someone like us, you you can tap into that knowledge and have it done for you and you know, still reap the benefits of the efficiencies as well. Yeah,
0: no, look, that's great. Pascal, that's been really good to chat with you today. Uh, As I said, it's been a little while since I've delved into the the background work in the pharmacy, but it certainly has all made a lot of sense to me. And and I love the fact that you're using so much technology in pharmacy and and that you bring the pharmacist's credibility to this as well. Thanks for the chat today. It's been great to have you on board.
1: No worries, Scott. Thanks a lot. It's been great.
0: No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au.